Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and I got a good episode for you guys. Today, we're going to talk about trading as an addiction or from more like a gambling standpoint versus a strategic standpoint where you're trying to profit on a consistent basis from the stock market versus the need to find that action, to, to have to have that adrenaline rush when that comes with making a new trade. We're going to talk about all of that today. And the name that I'm giving this person is going to be The Gambler. If you remember the Kenny Rogers song from, I don't know if it was the 70s or 80s, but Kenny Rogers sang a song called The Gambler. So we're going to call this guy The Gambler. He writes, Hey, Ryan. I am so grateful for your podcast. It came to me at a perfect time in my trading career, and it really did help make me thousands of dollars. Short story. I'm a farmer, and I was forced to learn the market at a young age to better my profits, to better your marketing skills, to better your profits. I can make, even if I'm a marginal farmer. And he put a little smiley face emoji there at the end. Any case, on to my question. Should I step away from trading if I find myself addicted to the trade or feel as though I am gambling? I have been swing trading for two years and now recently stepped away from the trade due to the feeling of gambling. I have made $200,000 in the last year in the market, but chose to gamble on my last trade and lose $50,000. I use no stop loss and I'm still kicking myself for it. Your resources have really helped me to make practical trades and stick to my strategies going forward. But I find myself with a lot of sleepless nights planning my next trade and only trading in the wee hours of the morning. Thank you again for your podcast. After listening to so many podcasts, I know you're truly looking out for your listeners. And I am guys. I really am looking out for you guys. My portfolio has only been growing since I started to listen. Sincerely, the gambler. Okay. Now, what am I drinking here today? I'm drinking a whiskey. It's called Lone Hand Whiskey. It's a Tennessee sour mash. And I haven't had too many sour mashes. I'm not necessarily against them. I'm just not a huge fan of them. I know Jack Daniels, for instance, has a sour mash, um, and a lot of big names do the sour mashes, so I'm going to do one here. This is 40% alcohol, 80 proof. Not a huge fan of the 40%. I feel like they're usually lacking in that punch, so we'll see what this one does here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. To the nose, I, I pick up some vanilla notes, but the taste, it's, it's got a, like a nutty flavor to it. Nutty flavors are okay. I just don't like it to be too strong of a nutty flavor. And uh, it lacks a little bit of punch. Like I said, I mean, if it's 40% alcohol, it's just not going to have much punch to it. Has a little bit of a bland taste. The finish is like it's like a baby that's been on formula or been breastfed. And then all of a sudden it goes to getting that Gerber vegetable like mush 
in that reaction that they have after they try it, where they're like their whole face sort of scrunches up. That's the kind of face that I have when I when I experience the finish. The nose isn't bad. I, I can live with the lack of punch and the nuttiness. Is it an everyday sipper? Definitely not. I wouldn't want to drink this every night. I think I'd probably just give up whiskey altogether. But is it the worst thing? Like if somebody hands it to me at a restaurant and says, hey, it's on the house. No, I'm not going to turn away. I'll drink it. So, I mean, I, I, I think I think it's a solid 5.1. I, I just can't see myself... I struggled to even give it a higher one than that, really. I mean, I, I can't give it higher than a 5.1. I think I'm almost being generous with it there. Wouldn't go out of my way for it. Uh, definitely wouldn't buy a bottle. If you're interested, I would just stick with a little sample bottle like what I did there. So back to the gambler and his email. So most people really, they got into the trading, I would say at least among retail traders. So many of you all got into it after the COVID. Now, not everybody got into it for the same reason, but there's a lot of people who got into it because sports were shut down. There was no more sports. NBA canceled, tennis canceled, the Olympics were postponed, along with a myriad of other, other sports. And so there was no gambling going on. So what did people do? They started going to the stock market. They needed the action. They needed that feel of adrenaline. The stock market's always going to stay open unless something's affecting it directly that's keeping it from happening like 9-11 or when Hurricane Sandy hit New York, it caused you know the market to be shut down for a day or two. But overall, the market continues. And so a lot of people started going into the stock market. They knew about the companies because they buy their products or they use their services. But that was about all they did. So they started getting into it and they got glamorized by people like Dave Portnoy at Barstool Sports because, and he was very open about it. He's like, look, there's no sports action going on anymore i'm gonna get a green hammer and i'm gonna start you know um doing like some voodoo magic and hoping that the stock market will go my way and he did and um and he brought in a lot of people with him as well so it attracted a lot of new people just from that perspective and then that was really the talk that's what a lot of people did people were staying home they didn't have anything else to do what did you do you do the stock market i know that because my podcast went through the roof and that's how a lot of people found this podcast was during the COVID crisis. So people aren't working. There's no sports. Nobody really cares about watching the soaps. So what do you do? You, you're just at home. The gyms are closed. You're going to trade stocks. And that's what a lot of people did. It was a fascinating time to see how many people were actually that involved in the stock market. But people were buying stocks, not so much from a strategic standpoint, but because they were reading message boards or they were just going off of hype, whether it was Dogecoin or Bitcoin or whether it was pen gambling or just any stock, AMC, GameStop. People were following the crowd. They were following the hype. They're like, oh man, everybody's into this. I'm going to get into that. Are they getting into it for strategy or for reason? No, they're not. They're not thinking about stop losses. I can't tell you. I mean, you guys hear the emails that I get all the time. I started trading. I've never used stop losses until I started listening to your podcast. I didn't know how to manage the risk until I started listening to your podcast. And so a lot of these people that started, they've been wiped out because they didn't use the stop losses. You hear about all these rags to riches stories, but there's more stories out there of people blowing their capital and losing it all. So the whole point of this podcast is to talk about stock trading. And when it crosses that line from just strategic trading to flat out a, a gambling addiction. And there's been a lot of people that get into gambling addictions. And you can get into it with a stock market. Like anything that you put your money towards, there's a gamble towards. Or anything that's very important to you 
is a gamble. A lot of people might have a difference of opinion with me on this, but I think if you go out and you buy yourself a home, that is a gamble. If you buy a stock, that's a gamble. Why is buying a house a gamble? What if it's your dream home? What if you have a really good low interest rate? Well, you're buying it with the expectation that it's going to increase in value in the years to come, that it's going to be worth more than what you paid for it and that it won't go down in value. But is there a potential for it to go down in value? Absolutely. We saw that in 2008, 2009, when you had the big housing collapse and the subprime mortgage crisis. Yeah, these things can collapse and they can go down in value. And it's a gamble. Some people don't realize that they're getting into a gamble. But if you're going off and just buying houses and flipping them and, and doing all this other stuff and not saying that flipping a house is wrong or it's, it's bad, but if you're doing it out of the need for the action and not whether or not it's a good house to flip, then yeah. There is, there is maybe a, a gambling addiction there. So it's not about rolling the dice at a Las Vegas table. That can only be a gambling addiction. Trading can be a, an addiction. Anything that you put your money towards can be a, an addiction. Betting on sports teams can be a gambling addiction. I don't bet on sports teams. I feel like when I start betting on sports teams, the team that I like is usually going to lose. It's a surefire way for the teams that I love to lose is if I start betting on them. So I don't do it. And it comes down to you have to count the cost of what you're doing. The reason why you don't see me chasing after a lot of the meme stocks is because the cost is far greater than the potential profits, in my opinion. I grew up in a Christian home, and so there's a lot of verses that I've learned growing up that actually are very applicable to what I'm talking about. For one, if you take Luke chapter 14, where Jesus was saying, for which of you desire to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether or not he has enough to complete it, Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, the man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to encounter another king in war will not sit down and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is a great way off, sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. Why do I bring up those verses? Because it's it's the same thing with trading is that when you sit down and you plan out your trade, you need to be counting the cost. Can you get into penny stocks and make a lot of money? Yeah, but did you count the cost first? We're going into it. And then when it doesn't work out for us, we didn't count the cost of what it means to trade a penny stock that has a, the potential for a lot of corruption, for the potential for a huge sell-off. I don't get into $5 biotech plays because the cost of being wrong on one of those can be exponentially painful for my capital. And so whether you're building a house or or whether you're going to war as a king, you got to count the cost. And if it comes to trading, you got to count the cost there. You just can't blindly go into it because you're like, I got this feeling about this. It's like saying, I got this feeling about this horse and this race. You've got to sit down and you got to count the cost. What is your stop loss going to be if this does not work out for you? The reward is great, but the reward only comes trade after trade after trade when you're managing the losses on loss after loss after loss because the losses will come. You will have losses. I took a stop loss today on Autodesk. Had I continued to hold it, I would have taken a bigger loss. But I counted the cost beforehand. I knew where I wanted to get out before I ever got in. By the way, whatever podcast are you going to hear out there where somebody's quoting the Bible and drinking whiskey? I don't know. But I do love the Bible and I do love whiskey. So it's it's a good combination for me. And also something that you'll love is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. If you go to that website where you can get all of my stock market research that I do each and every day, that's going to include 
my daily trade setup list of stocks that I'm watching for potential trades, as well as the most interesting charts that I come across each and every day, weekly watch list, weekly updates on all the FANG stocks, plus Tesla and the S&P 500, NASDAQ 100, and the Russell 2000. So check that out at swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Now, the gambler, he's saying, hey, I made $200,000. I've lost $50,000. I'm still kicking myself. I'm finding myself with lots of sleepless nights and trying to plan out my trade only to trade in the wee hours in the early morning. I'm not sure what the whole wee hours of the early morning is, is if he's trading in the futures markets or if he's trading in other overseas accounts or probably crypto because crypto trades 24 seven. So it's a good chance it's crypto here. But if you're not, if you're not able to fall asleep at night, it's probably going to be a couple of reasons. It's one, you're addicted to trading or you're trading too big. I don't lose sleep at night when I'm trading because I know that what I've done and how I've planned out my trades accounts for my risk tolerance and what I'm capable of handling when it comes to trading in the stock market, my position sizes, my stop losses, how I feel about the market versus how much long exposure that I should have right now. And all those things go into being able to lay your head down at night. If you're having sleepless nights, you have to ask yourself, why are you trading too big? And if you're trading too big, it's not because you want to take a big loss. It's because you want to make too much money. And I know it sounds crazy for saying too much money, but trying to make too much money comes with too much risk. And so if you're trading with too big of a position because you want to make too much money, if you're wrong, you're going to lose too much money. Otherwise, why would you not be able to fall asleep? Now, should you step away? It depends. I mean, if you can't get it under control, yeah, you should definitely step away. I'm no psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. This isn't, you know, medical advice or whatever. But I feel like that if you can't control the trading, you should step away until you can better accurately plan how you're going to trade in the future. It doesn't mean you should abandon it completely. And there's... Just because there might be times where you do feel like you're gambling doesn't mean that that makes you a bad trader. Look, people revenge trade, right? And when you're revenge trading, you're not doing it out of strategy or for any logical reason. You're doing it out of emotion and the feel that you have to get that money back. So you're willing to gamble again on that stock in hopes that you can feel better about the trade that you just lost on by being able to make it up on the next trade in the same stock. It doesn't matter if there's a better trade set up out there. It's not the stock that you just lost that. So you, you start to make these bad gambles when there was better opportunities out there. Yes, that's going to happen from time to time with a lot of traders. It doesn't really happen for me. Usually when I lose on a trade, I don't want to even see it again for a while. It doesn't mean I will never trade again. I'm just usually a little bit more careful about it because I do recognize that there's a natural human tendency to want to revenge trade. And here's the other thing too, is when trading becomes an addiction, the need to trade will drive your decisions. You need to trade. So you're going to justify a trade out there. In the month of August, I think I made four trades, and I think for almost all of it, I had only made one trade until the very end. The reason why I didn't trade more wasn't because I needed to. is because I couldn't find a reason to justify trading more in a market that wasn't very accommodating to long traders or short traders. So I didn't trade much at all because I don't have that need to trade. And when that need does come about, I'm usually going to step away from the market for that day at least until I can get that urge under control. And so if you're finding that need to trade, that you have to find that next great player, that next big trade, if you made $200,000 and you lost $50,000, don't say that you made $200,000 because you didn't. You might have made it at one point on a specific trade, but now you're sitting at $150,000 and that's where you're at now. So now your place moving forward is at 150, trying to build upon that 150, not trying to get back the 50 that you lost from a previous trade and get back up to 200. You'll get back to 200 by managing the risk and making good, solid trading decisions. But if your focal point is to being, hey, I lost 
50. I should be back up to 200. I'm going to keep trading, you know, aggressively until I can get back up there. Or, I, I mean, that's just, it's, it's a bogus way. And it's probably going to end up in you losing even more money because you aren't managing the risk like you should. You don't want trading to become an addiction because then you don't, you're not trading with a strategy. Addictions don't equal strategies. And if you're finding yourself trading outside of your risk parameters, outside of your strategy and outside of the position sizes that you want to take into each trade, then that's probably a good sign. It's becoming too much of an addiction. And so you might want to pull back some and uh, take a step back and rethink things. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. I always say that, but I really need those, man. Those really help me out quite a bit. And make sure to keep sending me your questions, ryan at shareplanner.com. Those things continue to help you provide you guys with great content going forward because your situation is so unique. I love to hear about them. Keep sending them my way. Thank you guys. and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.